I have been sent by the governor. He says that there are problems in this area. There are problems in this town, and he has sent me to take charge today. The governor is quite concerned that there are rebels that are stirring up problems in Galilee. And so he has sent me, and it's my job to make sure that that is not the case here. I will do my job, but if there is no trouble, you'll have no trouble from me. Roman law and order is what we want. That's all. And so it's up to you. If you follow the Roman laws, you have nothing to fear. If you Sit down. I will not sit down. We don't want you in our country. Go back to Rome. Sit down. You Gentiles, you make our, your very presence makes our land and our people complete. Go home. Leave us alone. That's enough. Don't get up again. Silence! We are not here to hurt you. But we will not tolerate the riotous actions that have been taking place in Palestine anymore. I have been sent here to bring the peace. My regiment is outside. And if I need to call them, they will come into this town, but I don't want to do that. First, I want to come and talk to you. If we must resort to the sword, we will. And we have, because some of you have refused to listen to Rome, and the only language you'll hear is the sword. We don't want to do that. But I will tell you who I am. I will tell you why I'm here. In fact, I'll tell you the story of why I came to Palestine. My name is Cornelius. I am a Roman, and I am proud that I am a Roman. I've been a Roman soldier for a long time. My father was a Roman soldier. He was part of the Praetorian Guard. Being a Roman soldier is what our family is proud of. And I have proudly taken my place, and I have served the emperor for a long time. And I have reached the place of Centurion because I have been trustworthy to the emperor. He knows that he can trust me. So I have come here today to make peace. I want you to know why I came to Palestine. So if you'll listen to the story, I will tell you the story. Long, long ago when my father was was a soldier at the Praetorian Guard. I had it in my heart to be a soldier too. I wanted to be just like him. And so early on as a teenager, I became a soldier and I was sent many places and I, I honorably served. 
There are many times that I used my sword. But I don't want to use my sword any more than I have to. But there are some people that only listen to the sword. Roman law. I am to keep the Roman peace. And that is my job. That is my responsibility. I am a part of the Italian regiment. That means that when I was a young man, I volunteered to join a regiment that would be sent to a province far from Rome. I chose to leave Rome. I could have stayed there. I could have served my emperor in Rome. I could have been in the palace because of the position of my father, but I chose to leave, and I volunteered to go to Palestine. I volunteered to come to your country. You say, why would you? Yes, you're right. I am a Gentile. I was born a Gentile. You were born Jews. You have something I didn't have. As a young man, I began to hear about who the Jews were. And I began to read the sacred writings. And I began to believe that the God of the Jews is the God that Rome is missing. So I began to read. And I began to listen and talk to others who were Jews and ask them about, about their sacred writings. Ask them about this Messiah that they said were going to come. I had a lot of questions. I was a seeker. You see, even though I was a Gentile, I was seeking God. I was wanting to find out if God was real. I could not believe in the pantheon of Roman gods and all those gods. And oh, the, I knew that wasn't real. There are so many gods out there. But... I wanted to know the true God, the only God that was real. And so I began to be a seeker and I sought God. I read the Holy Scriptures. I talked to Jewish people who love God and there are so many of them around the world. In every Roman province I've been in, there have been Jewish people that love God. They're looking for a Messiah. They're looking for God to reveal himself again. And I would ask, well, who is he and where is he? And no one seemed to know. No one seemed to know when he would come or where he would come from. And they had all these writings of the sacred prophets, but they, they, they didn't know what to expect or when God was going to reveal himself again. And I, I continued to search. I also continued to be a Roman soldier. I was promoted to centurion. There are a hundred men that follow my orders no matter what I tell them to do. I lead them. I wanted to come to Palestine because I wanted to find your God. I wanted to come to Palestine because I wanted to be close to where those sacred writings were, this God that I had heard about and I read about, and I had this aching in my heart about who God was and was God real. See, I, I was on a journey to find the true God. I wonder about you today. Do you know who the true God is? Are you on a journey too? Maybe you've heard a lot about other gods. Maybe you've asked a lot of questions in your life. Who is God? Is God real? Does He exist? Did He create me? Does He know about me? Does He care about me? I've been on that journey. I've been on that journey to find God. I want to tell you a story that happened to me. I lived in the city of Caesarea. Caesarea, a great city by the sea, about 100 miles or so from Jerusalem. It's the port 
by which the Roman army comes into Palestine, establishes its army, and it controls Palestine. And so in Caesarea, a beautiful city, it's a fortified city. It's a strong city. It will never, ever be overthrown. I can tell you that right now. It's a large city. It's a fortified city. It's a city that houses the army and it houses the governor of the region. It's right on the ocean and the water, the ships come in off the sea and bring in all kinds of things for Palestine and we oversee that and make sure that it's fair and just and of course taxes are received for that. It's where Pilate lives. He is my governor and I am loyal to him. Sometimes we have to stand up for Pilate because there are groups of the Jews. They're called zealots and they will stir up trouble. Sometimes they take up the sword and sometimes we have had to use the sword to silence them. Pilate. Pilate sent me here today. He said you must go to that town. And you must tell them that if they don't stop, the army will come and destroy them. But I want to tell you today my story. See, also I was sent by Tiberius the emperor. He is who I took my oath to, Tiberius. I will never, ever go back on that oath. I am a Roman soldier. But I also am a seeker of your God. See, I had those two things going on inside of me for a long time. I was a Roman soldier, and and I was proud of it. But I wanted to know who God was. Oh, I wanted to know. And so I sought God, and I read. I tried to do what's right. I was trying to be a good man. I, I was trying to do my job the way that I should, and be fair and just, and I treat people... You may wonder about that, but I treat people very well. If you keep the Roman law, then then you have nothing to fear from the Roman army. But if you turn against Rome, you will be destroyed. So the Roman army is in Caesarea, and and, uh, that's where my garrison is. That's where I live. It's my home. My family lives there. I love Caesarea. It's a city. It's my home. Well, it was in Caesarea that something very incredible happened to me and changed my life. I was in Caesarea one day. I was praying. You think, praying? You don't pray, Cornelius. You're a Gentile. But I want to tell you something. I prayed. I prayed to the God of Israel. God, are you real? God, every day I pray. You see, you Jews, you Jews have this custom. You pray three times a day. I, I've known a lot of Jews, and I, I ask them, why do you pray three times a day? And I get a lot of different answers. Well, I was a man of prayer. I prayed, oh God, the God, the father of, of, of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, oh God, if you're real, would you show me? Oh, and I knew somewhere deep in my heart that God was real, and I, but I wanted to know the story. I wanted to know who He was, and, I, and, and I, I cried out to God when I prayed. 
Oh God, please, please God, show yourself to me. And one day, three o'clock in the afternoon, all of a sudden, this, this being in shining white all of a sudden came to me at three in the afternoon. I was, I was humbled. I, I, I was in my home and I was, I, was hum, I was down and I was praying, God, speak to me. All of a sudden, this, this being in white appeared and, and I thought, is, is this? How did it get in? Who is it? I knew it wasn't a person. It was, I guess it was an angel. And this being in shining white spoke to me and said, Cornelius, I have heard your prayers. I thought, you've heard my prayers, God. God, you, you really have heard my prayers. I have come to believe since then that God hears every one of our prayers. And even though sometimes when I pray, I don't think God hears me, I have come to believe, oh, God hears our prayers. He knows our prayers. He knows your heart. You know, it's the condition of your heart that matters to God. It's not the words you use when you pray. It's not how long you pray. It's not that you are fancy and you have all kinds of great things you say when you pray. What matters is your heart. And so if you're like me and you're seeking God, all you have to do is say, God, show me your way. And it happened. Three o'clock in the afternoon, this, this shining being appears and says, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer. And he also said, Cornelius, God has seen the generosity of your heart and that you, you do help people that are poor. And that's really who I was. You may think that I'm a vicious Soldier, no. I do what I have to do. And I do it very well. But I have found that there are other ways to resolve conflicts that are much better. Maybe that's why I was put in leadership, because I'm not quick to take up the sword. Sometimes it has to be done, but I'm not quick to. And I tell my men, you leave your sword where it belongs, and if you have to use it, you take it out. And that's how I've approached. Well, this angel, whatever you call him, said, God has heard your prayer and God has seen your, the alms that you have done and, and the good deeds that you've done and, and God wants to talk to you. And I thought, God? This God that I've been seeking for a long time has something to say to me? I mean, this God that I've read about in these, these ancient writings and they've gripped my heart about, about who he is, that he's real. Oh. Oh, I wanted to know who it was. And, and this man, this being, whatever he was, continued to, to talk to him. And he said, I want you to send for a man who's in Joppa. His name is Simon. And he's staying with a man whose name is Simon. And, and the man he's staying with is a tanner. So you'll be able to find him. And so right away, immediately, I did what Peter said. And I, I, sent, I sent three of my best men I said, don't wait. Go to Joppa, to Simon the Tanner, and you find another man named Simon and you bring him to me. Now. And I sent them off. I couldn't leave right then because I, I, I had much responsibility that I needed to do, but I waited and I waited every... It's like every hour I was watching and waiting. It took four days for my men to get back with this man named Simon. 
he came. I realized that I called for but boy, it became so real to me that it wasn't just me that called him, but God called him. God is the one that told this man that he was to come and speak to me. I mean, God led him. God brought him to me. At first I thought it was just because I said he would come, but then I realized that, that God told him to go and that he had a purpose in it. And I'm still trying to understand what Peter said about some things. Let me tell you, for example... Peter was telling me about this, this crazy dream he had that absolutely changed his perspective of, of who Jesus was and what he wanted. Peter was telling me about this great vision and these animals and, and this coming down from the roof and the back up and, and telling me that God had absolutely given him a, a great message through it, and I, I still don't quite understand what it is, but I do know one thing. He said that God wanted me, a Gentile. I know it's hard for you Jews to understand how Gentiles feel. Sometimes we appear very angry because you seem not to think that God would want us. Others of you have, have accepted the, the Gentiles and God's plan. But Peter, I mean, I know enough about Peter to know that Peter absolutely did not believe that God came to save the Gentiles. He didn't understand it. But when God came and gave him the vision... It changed Peter and something else that Peter, and I, I've come to understand after this, that God used that vision to absolutely change the course of the followers of Jesus. And that the story of Jesus after Peter's vision and all that came with that, there was excitement among the Jews who believed in Jesus that they absolutely knew that they were to preach the gospel to the Gentiles and God wasn't going to look at Gentiles any different than Jews. Now that's amazing because I always believe the Jews are the special people. They have a God. They have a God who speaks to them. They have a God who has given, given the prophets and the story. And I've always wanted that for my own. I, 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 wanted, I wanted to know that it was real. Oh, it's become so real to me. Well, there was Peter. He came. And there were others that were there too. In fact, I, I, I told all my friends in Caesarea, you've got to come to my house. My relatives, my wife, my children. Uh, everybody I knew, I wanted to come and hear what Peter had to say because I knew it was from God. I mean, I knew Peter. Peter was a holy man from God. I don't know exactly how he got that way. See, there were these group of people that were always with Jesus and, and some people called him his disciples. And Peter was one of them. But boy, I heard some things that Peter had done and said, and I thought, man, he don't. That man can't listen to authority. He talks all the time. He doesn't listen very well. I didn't, I didn't know what would ever come of Peter when I heard about him. But on this day, I know that God used him because God spoke to him, and he listened, and he responded. And so Peter came to speak to me and to tell me all about Jesus. 
and all of a sudden, kind of my thoughts about God and is God real and does God really care? Does he have any connection to people, any relationship with us? You know, I mean, I've heard, I've heard the old, the scriptures of old and talks about a God who loves his people and and I thought, well, that's just the Jews to start with. But I also thought, how can an infinite, eternal, powerful God, how can he know people individually? And I've always wrestled with that. Is, is God big enough that he can have a connection to me? Well, I tell you what, when Peter began to explain who Jesus was, it, it just all began to make sense. Oh, he went back and he told me about the writings of old and how the prophets had said that there was coming a, a, I think the word, the Jewish word is Messiah. Us Romans, we call him Christos, Christ. But long ago, God's plan was to send this Messiah because man had messed their lives up so much with sin and terrible decisions and every man was full of sin. The writing said, Psalm, this is one of the Psalms that David wrote, I've read, says that there is none good, no, not one. And I thought when I read that, what? I'm a good man. I, I, I try to do what's right. I treat people fairly. I try to. Well, but he, he told me about Jesus. I'll tell you some things he told me about Jesus. Well, first, I had heard the name of Jesus. In fact, I knew some things about Jesus. I'd been in Palestine for several years, and I had heard about different people who stirred up the Jews. Let me tell you, Jesus stirred up the Jews. But it was a different kind of stirring than what I'd seen before. I, I had seen people pick up the sword, and, and they had to be dealt with. But that wasn't Jesus. But, but he was far more powerful than all those people that used the sword. He would... Teach people the heart of God. Man, and they came to see him and hear him. And I even, I even, I even had an encounter with Jesus. And maybe another time I can tell you that story. Some of my other centurion friends also have encountered Jesus. Their stories told in some of the writings. I think, I think his name was. Luke is one of those guys who wrote down everything that he heard and he put it in the book and then people started reading it, passed around. And that story of one of my centurion friends is in, in, in Luke's book. And it's amazing how my friend had so much faith and belief. He's kind of like me. He really believed in God. That, that, now that's the word that I want to I, I say to you today is so important for you and that's the word faith. You have to choose to believe in God. And you have to choose to believe that God will do what He says. There was a writer who wrote that and I read it. Faith is believing that God exists and He's the rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. So it's not just enough to believe in God. That's where I was back there. I believed in God and I was trying. And I believe God knew that. He knew my heart. But when I heard the story of Jesus, boy, it everything changed for me. I, heard, I mean, I knew he was a great teacher and, and his compassion for people. I mean, he's the kind of, he was the kind of man that I, I wanted to be like. I mean, there was this time when 
there's this mob of angry Jews. And I thought, what are we going to do with them? Do we have to go in and shut them down? But we were trying to be patient with them. And, and they would try to get Jesus in trouble with his own people. I mean, there's this one story. I wasn't there, but some of my soldiers told me about it. And they didn't have to react, but it was close. But this mob had literally gone and found this couple who were not married, but they were living together like that. And, 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 and the Jews, some of them who said they were religious people, they took the woman and they brought her and they threw her down in front of Jesus and said, are you going to stone her? Something like that. I thought, wow, what kind of heart did they have that they, that was their reaction? I had a lot of questions about that. But you know what Jesus said? He said, where are those that accuse you? And Jesus said something to him kind of simple like this. He said, well, is anybody here without sin? And oh boy, believe me, you and I both know none of us are without sin. Oh, if we think we are, oh, we, we really don't understand. Jesus said, is there anybody here without sin? <laughs> just, I imagine everybody is holding the rock and ready to throw it out and just kind of drop to the ground. You know, and then Jesus went over to this woman, I was told, and said, woman, where's your accusers? There were none. Jesus said, get up and leave your life of sin. Go and sin no more. Boy, that's how Jesus talked about sin. I don't know. He, he said too that he's not come to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Boy, that got a hold of my heart. You mean God is not looking to punish me? I mean, I understand punishment. I have to carry it out. In fact, related to this, I wasn't the centurion there, but I knew about it. They put Jesus to death. It was unjust. Oh, that troubled me terribly. He didn't deserve it. Sometimes people get put to death by the, the Romans, and it's not right. And I don't, I don't say it is right. It's the way it is. They put Jesus to death for no reason except the anger of the mob and Pilate. Oh, he's my governor. I don't know why Pilate did what he did. He put him to death. I think it was to appease the mob. It was getting bad. I mean, we were we were starting to wonder what was going to happen in Jerusalem. It was it was a crazy weekend. It was their Passover, and there were thousands of people from all over there. And oh man, the Jews when they have their their feast and all, they can get so wound up. And and then you get the people that try to stir up the crowd and the mob, and they're trying to get people angry. And and some of them they want to overthrow the Romans. But then many of them listen, and they hear, and things calm back down. I want to tell you the impact that Jesus had on my life. It changed my life that day in Caesarea. And Peter came, and he told me the story of Jesus. I'll tell you what happened all of a sudden in my heart. 
I realized, number one, that God was real. And that Jesus was the gift of God to me. Jesus was the Son of God. I forgot to tell you, the centurion that, that was there who had to carry out the command of Pontius Pilate, this troubled him too. And when he came away from that and he told me about the whole circumstances that took place in Jerusalem, he said, when that man died, I said, my friend did, he said, surely this was the Son of God. We came to know that and feel that and believe that. He was the Son of God. God himself powerful and he died when he was crucified for my sins you see the the Jewish people have this story from long ago it's called the the Passover story that's why they were in town for the weekend when Jesus the weekend that Jesus was put to death called the Passover it goes all the way back to to Egypt and when they were in slavery and if I got the story right God they were in slavery for a long time, and then God finally brought them out, out of the slavery. But it was, it was rough. It was, there were, uh, there were uh, plagues, and the plague of the firstborn son. There were many plagues on Egypt, and finally on that last night, God said to Moses and the Israelites, on this night you will see the power of the Lord. And so he said every family was to take a small, an animal, a lamb without blemish, and the blood of that animal would be sacrificed, and they were to, to put the blood on the doorpost of the house. And the death angel, when in the middle of the night, the death angel would pass all over Egypt, and if there was blood on the doorpost of the house, then the death angel would pass over. And on that night, firstborn son of Pharaoh and all the Egyptians. He died in the night. And God allowed the Israelites to rise up in the middle of the night and leave Egypt to pass over. So when Jesus died on the cross, it was a reminder for all of us of what it meant that Jesus died. He died for a reason. He just didn't die because Pilate declared it. He just didn't die because the high priest wanted him to die. He died because it was a part of God's plan for the people to be forgiven for their sins. And so, when Peter told me the story, my heart changed. I called out to this Jesus and said, Jesus, I do believe and I want your follower. And that's what happened. I became a follower of Jesus on that day. Yes, me. Cornelius, centurion, Roman pig. I understand how you feel. But I'll tell you what, God loves me. So no matter who you are or how far you might be from God sometime, I want you to know if he can love a Roman pig. He can love you too. 2017. 
Some of you may be in your own version of a Roman pig. Maybe. Some of you don't feel so good about yourselves. Oh, I want you to know the God who loved Cornelius is calling out to you. And he wants a relationship with you. So three things happened to me that day that changed my life. I'm still a Roman soldier. I hope I'm a better one. Really, the three things happened to me that day. Number one is I found God's forgiveness. I found the forgiveness of a God who made me and loved me. God's mercy is amazing. You see, God forgave things that I did that I had to do. And he also forgave that. There's a lot of things God forgave me for. It's not the amount of things that you need to be forgiven for. It is the power of a God who loves you so much that has incredible, incredible love that he can forgive us. He is incredible. Second thing that happened, and this, this shocked Peter, which I don't understand. And boy, if you ever get Peter to tell you his story... I, the Holy Spirit came down on that day and it filled all of us. And man, I didn't even know what a Holy Spirit was. I don't know that I ever heard of the Holy Spirit. But, but I'll tell you what, God somehow came down. And on that day, absolutely filled me with his Spirit. It changed me. And Peter was shocked. The people with Peter who came up from Joppa said, the Holy Spirit? came down on the Gentiles? They couldn't believe it. Now, to me, I thought, well, whatever, you know. It just shocked me that God spoke to me, but this Holy Spirit thing, I, it really shocked Peter and his friends that are with him. In fact, they were talking about it. And later on, I heard they go back to Jerusalem and they're saying, hey, the Holy Spirit came down on these Gentiles and, and the disciples kind of went, what? That's not God's plan. Oh, God does things that we don't necessarily plan. Yeah. God is quite capable of doing whatever he, the master, does. That's amazing to me. And the third thing that happened to me that, I, I, of course, I knew about this thing, but I, I would never do that, is I was baptized. And boy, was it meaningful. You see... Peter knew that if God accepted me and I was a follower of Jesus, the next step was baptism. So he explained that to me and the people in our little group and, you know, my family and some of the others that were with me, we were baptized. It was incredible. It was the beginning of a journey. See, I'd been on a journey with God, but this, this was a, a journey now of saying, yes, I am a believer. I'm a Christian. And I'm going to walk with God. I wonder today if you've made that decision too. Have you made that decision to go on that journey with God? I can tell you three things. Number one is God does love you. It doesn't matter whether you're a Gentile or not. 
God loves you. Number two, God wants a relationship with you through Jesus. Oh, He's reaching out. And number three, it's always by your choice. It's by your choice. Do you choose to respond to the truth of God? That's what I did back in Caesarea. And it changed my life. Would you stand, please? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you for your truth. I thank you for your promises. I thank you, God, for the story of Jesus that is real and alive. And today we can think about who Jesus is and know that there's a God in heaven who sent his only son to die for our sins. I pray today that there would be faith in this place. I pray, God, that if there would be some people here who would say, I've never really asked Jesus to forgive me for my sins, that they would know in this moment that they can do that. I pray, God, that there would be a response of people to you. Whatever it is, God, whether it's a step of faith toward you or God to say, I believe and I ask you, God, to help my unbelief. I know that you hear every prayer in every heart today, just as, God, you heard the prayers of a Gentile named Cornelius. You also hear our prayers today. I pray that we would call out to you. In Jesus' name, amen.